Hi, I'm Edwin. And I'm Andrew. Two men. Fifteen minutes. Eternal impact. Welcome to Text Talk. His glory I will see. I will hey, Andrew. Well, hello there, Edwin. So yesterday in our conversation, we were getting into some really good stuff there at the end about responding to God's anger. And the only option left open to David. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we were starting to talk about that. I want to talk about that today. Okay, well, it's in Psalm 6, isn't it? Psalm 6. Today, I'm going to be reading from the New King James Version. O Lord, do not rebuke me in your anger, nor chasten me in your hot displeasure. Have mercy on me, O Lord, for I am weak. O Lord, heal me, for my bones are troubled. My soul also is greatly troubled. But you, O Lord, how long? Return, O Lord, deliver me. O save me for your mercy's sake. For in death there is no remembrance of you. In the grave, who will give you thanks? I am weary with my groaning. All night I make my bed swim. I drench my couch with my tears. My eye wastes away because of grief. It grows old because of all my enemies. Depart from me, all you workers of iniquity, for the Lord has heard the voice of my weeping. The Lord has heard my supplication. The Lord will receive my prayer. Let all my enemies be ashamed and greatly troubled. Let them turn back and be ashamed suddenly. Wow. We talked yesterday about God's anger, that God does get angry. And David deserved God's anger, and we deserve God's anger. But what David did in response was not get angry back at God, not on this one. He doesn't sit back and say, oh, what have I done to deserve this? Really, you shouldn't be doing this, Lord. What he begs for is mercy. Yeah. Grace. Yeah. Yeah. He understands I have only one option. Mm -hmm. I cannot turn to God and say, hey, what do you want for this? I'll I'll pay for it. What what, what can I do to pay this off? Mm -hmm. He does not turn to God and say... Really, God, was it worth all of this? I mean, what I did, was it really worth all of this? Surely I'm not that bad. I mean, it's not like I'm like them over there. Uh, you know, he, he, he has one option. Mm-hmm. The option is I'm a sinner. Mm-hmm. God's anger is being poured out on me, and I deserve every bit of it. My one option is to turn to this same God who is angry and ask for mercy. And that shows a great spiritual maturity, doesn't it? Um, because I I think that there's a great temptation to do some of those things you, you talked about a moment ago and want to blame somebody else. You know, my, my enemies made me do it or I was tempted into doing this. And almost to try to explain the Lord, your anger is misplaced. It should, be, it should be towards someone else. It should be towards something else. It's mm-hmm. not me. It's not my fault. I think about the story that Jesus told about the Pharisee and the tax collector. Mm -hmm. And so the Pharisee in his prayer, that's in um, Luke 18, Mm -hmm. the Pharisee in his prayer does do this comparison thing. Right. I'm not as bad as other people. Mm -hmm. and, And here's all this list of things that I do well. Yeah. And so it's almost like the Pharisee has this idea that God should never be angry with him. 
But now look over at that guy. You see that guy over there. Now that's a guy you can be angry with this tax collector. I'm so glad I'm better than him. Well, that's an interesting thought that we do not want the anger of God upon ourselves. But if we see someone that we uh, perceive to be an enemy or at least just someone else, we're a little more comfortable with the idea of God's anger there. Sure, sure. Yeah, you can be angry (laughs) at him. Be angry at him. Be angry at her. But then the camera of Jesus' story turns over onto that other person and what that person, the tax collector, unable to even look toward God, Mm -hmm. beating his breast, Mm -hmm. God, be merciful to me, a sinner. Mm -hmm. Here is a person like David who understands his place, his sin, understands that he deserves anything that God would pour out on him because of his sin, but he understands I have one option, and that is the mercy and grace of this God. And that's where mercy is found, from this place of brokenness and contrition. Um, You know, even as you're talking about that, I'm looking again at uh, Psalm 6 and verse 2, Have mercy on me, O Lord, for I am weak. Lord, heal me, for my bones are troubled. My weakness. I need your healing. Um, As long as we're in this position of trying to justify our situation, talk God out of anger, I guess, right? As as if we know better than him or he's missed something. Uh, How will we ever have healing? You know, we're, we're not even working in reality. The only place I can get healing and salvation is from God. So why would I turn my back on him? Mm-hmm. Why would I get mad because he's done something that I don't like? Here, here's the one place where I can get the salvation. And here's another thing in this psalm that, that really gets me on this is that that moment where it's almost like the psalm. It's like he, he's, he's writing and he's going to say something else and then mm-hmm. he just stops. And, and the, it's like the question that's really burdening him bursts out. How long? How long? How long? How long is this going to happen? And so what we've got is a so picture. What, what do you think is happening? I mean, when, when, are we talking about here um, disciplining hardships that he attributes to the Lord? Are we talking about guilt and shame? Are we talking about my enemies have the upper hand? I mean, well, all of it. Th- there are three things that he mentions happening. He okay. mentions the emotional turmoil that he's dealing with or the spiritual turmoil. My soul also is greatly troubled. Okay. We've got some physical ailment that is taking place. My bones are troubled. I am weak. Heal me. Mm-hmm. This is some type of physical sickness that is taking place. And it appears mm-hmm. it appears that the enemies have noticed. Okay. And so like vultures waiting for the, the guy out in the desert to actually die. Mm-hmm. It's the enemies are now circling around. They, they see that, okay, something's going on. David is on the outs with his God, and we're, we're, we're circling up, ready to pounce as soon as we think we can and as soon as we think we can get away with it. Maybe God's going to let us do that this time uh, or, or now at this point. David's on the outs with him. And so it looks like all three of these things are happening all at once. All right. And so David is saying, don't rebuke me. Don't, I I deserve it, Mm -hmm. but please don't let your anger hold sway. I need your mercy. I need your grace, which by the way, Mm -hmm. just in case, just in case you were thinking that, you know, your whole deal about David knowing he deserves it, that's a stretch. David knows he deserves it. Otherwise he wouldn't be asking for mercy. Because yeah. if he deserved to get out of this mess he was in, it wouldn't be mercy. 
It would be justice. It would be, you know, he he asks for mercy, mercy because he knows he deserves the anger of God that he is facing right now. It just blows my mind. I, I think about this and how hard it is to be gracious when I'm angry. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. That's the one thing that we are not inclined to do. <laughs> but David knows that his God is a God that is gracious even when he's angry. Mm-hmm. That's the God of the Old Testament. We've, we've talked in previous conversations about how people look at the God of the Old Testament. They think he's mean. They think he's awful. But, you know, the folks who actually lived with the God of the Old Testament, what they actually thought was, man, what a gracious God. Because here's the God that when, you're, when he's angry, you can actually go to him and ask for mercy. And that's what he'll do. He's also the God that hears in this time. We can pray to him. The God who answers which was far and away better than these deaf-mute idols. Well, that's true. (laughs) You know, okay, so thinking of the God who hears in the terms of the idols, having eyes that can't see and ears that can't hear, but what I immediately thought about when you said that was, you know the last time I wanted to go talk to my dad? What's that? When he was angry. Oh, I didn't want to go talk to my dad when he was angry. <laughs> I mean, this is, you won't like me when I'm angry. Well, that's very much the truth. And my dad, he would he would make this face. And I mean, when, when, when that face came over him, even my mom would say, you need to leave your father alone right now. <laughs> <laughs> He's got that look in his eye. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man, I know it. And, uh, and yet, when our heavenly father gets angry... The thing that we should most do is go talk to him. Mm-hmm. Go talk to him because we serve a heavenly father that when he is angry will also be gracious. Mm-hmm. It does not matter how angry he is. He will still be gracious to his covenant people, mm. to his covenant people. I think that's important to recognize. David is able to do this because he knows the covenant relationship he has with God. Because he has a covenant relationship with God, he is able to come to him even in the middle of the anger that God has over his sin. Mm. So that's one of the blessings then. You will be my people and I will be your God. And Israel, here's this name, they wrestled with God. And yet in all of their hardness of heart, the, the activity that angered God, he was merciful. He would restore them. He would bless them. He is a patient God with long suffering. Here is how merciful and gracious this God in the Old Testament and throughout all of history really is. Do you remember Jonah? Yeah. And God calls on Jonah to go to Nineveh. Mm-hmm. And he has a message. And it's interesting. Go back and read the message. Jonah's message is not repent and, and you'll get out of this. Jonah's message is in 40 days, y'all are going to get wiped out. That is the message. And for Jonah to come and take this to Nineveh, we have to recall that Nineveh is the capital city of the Assyrian Empire, which was the power holding his people, Israel, in captivity at that time. Well, These were, are the enemies. These, these, guys are are not, the enemies. these are not the covenant people of God. These are not the covenant. But God calls Jonah, and he's going to send him to Assyria to say, I'm about to judge you guys. Mm-hmm. I'm about to judge you guys. You would think that that would be a message that an Israelite prophet would love to deliver. Judgment's coming on our enemies. But, but Jonah didn't want to go. And the reason we huh. find out that Jonah didn't want to go is not, I might get over there and they'll get mad at me. And if they get mad at me, then they might they might persecute me or imprison me. No, no, that's not it at all. Instead, 
Here's what it says in Jonah chapter 4, verse 1. But it displeased Jonah exceedingly, and he was angry, and he prayed to the Lord and said, O Lord, is this not what I said when I was yet in my country? That is why I made haste to flee to Tarshish, for I knew that you are gracious God and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and relenting from disaster. Therefore now, O Lord, please take my life from me, for it's better for me to die than to live. In other words, Jonah understood that this God was so merciful and gracious gracious yeah. that that when then when even Nineveh the mm-hmm. capital of Assyria the enemy of God's people heard about his coming judgment if they repented God would relent of the judgment and he didn't want that he did not want to proclaim the message of judgment to them because if they repented I know my God is merciful and he won't he won't wipe them out. I want them wiped out. I don't want them hearing the message. Yeah, Jonah is actually a foil for God in that chapter because it starts by saying Jonah is angry. Jonah is angry, I guess God. Jonah is angry, of course, at these Assyrian people. Uh, and, and it's because there is no place of mercy in Jonah's heart for these. In fact, he has more mercy for a for a gourd, for some kind of vine. Yeah. Uh, and what a powerful lesson that is about God who is angered at sin and yet is willing to be merciful and gracious. Even in the middle of his anger. So I guess that's the thing I'm wanting to take away from this is that there are times when I, I fear that God is angry at me. And in fact, I realize that pretty much all the time he probably has a right to be. But what can I still do? Mm-hmm. I can go to God in prayer. Mm-hmm. I can talk mm-hmm. to him. And that's what I want to share with folks today. I hope they can get that from this discussion and look at David. We would love to hear what you're hearing about or learning about in these Psalms or whatever you're reading. Give us an email, yeah. text talk at christiansmeethere.org. Let's go ahead and pray to God right now. Yeah. Glorious God, thank you so much. If what's going on that we're dealing with here in America is your anger on your people, or on this nation, and I will say out loud that that is not the same thing. America is not your people. We know that your church, your church is your people. But whether this is judgment and anger on the church or on America, or even if it's just time and chance happening right now, whatever the case is, we come to you in prayer. We pray for your mercy. We pray for your grace, and we are thankful that you have provided that through Jesus Christ so that whatever we face right now in this life, we know that if we're in Jesus, we look forward to eternity with you, and we are thankful for that. We do ask that you would walk with us through all that we face in this life. And and Father, when we have rebelled against you, when we have decided to choose sin instead of you, and it incurs your hot displeasure and your anger, we pray, Father, that you would not rebuke us in your anger, but that you would be merciful to us, and that you would do whatever it takes to draw us back to you, and that we would have folks that would talk to us, we would hear scripture, whatever we need. And Lord, thank you for your mercy that comes through your son and his blood. It's through him that we're praying right now. Amen. Amen. Thanks for talking about the text with us today. I'm Edwin Crozier, and I'd like to invite you to join the Christians Who Meet on Livingston Avenue this Sunday for our Bible classes and worship. You can find out more at christiansmeethere.org. Check out our daily written devotional that goes along with today's episode. You can find a link for it in our show notes. Michael Eldridge wrote and sang all four parts of our theme song. You can get more from him at acapeldridge.com. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review our podcast so others can learn about it more easily. Have a great day. When he was angry at me.
what on earth was that noise? <laughs> I don't know. But you were onto something there. I have no idea. 